Good to see those of you here that I get to see. <laughs> and uh, I just miss, as I say every week, I miss everybody else so much. And I look forward to when we're together again. But uh, let's open in prayer and then we'll begin. Father, we worship you and praise you. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, Father. We thank you for the precious gift of your Son. For your Son who bridged a gap that was unable to be bridged. Through the facilitation of your Holy Spirit to build relationship with you. Lord, I thank you for that opportunity. I thank you that when we take a step toward you, you take a step toward us. That oftentimes when we step into the unknown, it is because you're holding our feet. And you know that where you place those feet will be solid ground. I thank you, Father. I pray that you bless this morning according to your will, that your will be done. That is my entire heart's desire, Father. You know your will being done is all I desire. I ask that it is your words that come from my mouth. I have asked for your heart. You have said that you have given me your heart. That I can... just want to speak what you want. I feel your heart. Because in many ways your heart is heavy because of a justice that is here and is still coming. But you have said that you are in waiting, waiting for your bride to become ready, waiting for those to turn from themselves and their own self-control and turn to you. I pray your will be done, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to read something that was, uh, I saw on Facebook this morning from a dear friend of mine, and I reposted it, If and I, I know many have probably already seen it, but I want to begin by reading this, and this is from Carson. The Lord desires to bring you to a place where he doesn't need to constantly remind you of the basic things of his character. He wants to build your foundation up so that things like his faithfulness, his love for you, and his being with you constantly is completely known to you. So that who he is to you does not ever waver or is not ever removed from you by anything. 
a foundation that no opposition can even scratch. A foundation that any limitless thing He wants to do through you can build on without difficulty. God wants to do so, so, so much more than just constant maintenance in you. Wow, I want to read that again. God wants to do so, so, so much more than just constant maintenance in you. Let those words sink in. He wants permanent transformation. Ask Him to show you where in your life that you are settling for less than what He wants for you. Ask Him to show you the standard that you can live up to. He has given us His Spirit. Part of His guarantee that we have the power living in us to reach and remain in whatever standard He shows us. And that we are not inadequate. Relationship with God is always growing and changing. Trust Him to tell you when to rest and when to let something go and seek more. Trust His promises and take Him at His word. See, these words, for those of you who don't know, came from a young man who has been stuck to his bed for almost nine years. He has been in a sickness, in and out of hospitals, in and out of that place right before death. The sequestration that we have right now where we can't go places, we can't go see friends, we can't go do this, can't go do that, and we're frustrated. He has lived for almost nine years. And yet, he pleads with you that there's so much more. There's so much more in relationship. There is this satisfaction in relationship with God. The very things that He promises us. And yet the bride does not experience it. There's always a new fad. Or a new thing. Whether it's a worship style. Whether it's this. Whether it's that. There's always something new. But it comes back to the relationship with Jesus Christ. If you keep going into what makes you feel a certain way, you're going to miss it. Ah, this just hit me so hard this morning. Because, as I said, in many ways, the Lord's heart is heavy. It's not heavy because of hope. Oh man, that's where he's in waiting. That's where he's excited. Because of the hope. 
in His bride becoming ready, that will and is beginning to happen. It's more about those who think just existing in this life, feeling okay about where they stand with the Lord, is good enough. See, it's not good enough for him. It's not good enough for you. It should never be good enough for you with everything that Jesus promised us. He wants you to grab a hold of every promise. And don't assume for a second that it's about your feelings. If you're going by your feelings, whether they be fear, whether they be anger, or whether they be self-righteousness, your feelings will be on display before the Lord. You will, help, you will be held accountable to your feelings because it's not about how we feel. I want you to turn to Acts. To the book of Acts. You know, I've had this thought running in my mind that I can't seem to get rid of. This thought is, if Jesus didn't come to die on the cross 2,000 years ago, and I know all the parameters would be different and everything else, I get that, but, but go with me a second on this. If it was the church now on this earth when he came, to reveal himself as the Son of God, as the Messiah, how would the current day church react to him? Would it be any different than it was with the Pharisees and the Sadducees? And Israel at that time, would it be any different? I want you to think about that a second, because see, your answer is going to immediately come out of your mouth. Well, of course it'd be different. We would recognize because he is our Messiah. We have, we have received him into our heart. Just because you have received him into your heart as Savior doesn't mean that you have given him your heart. There's a difference. There's a difference. And the church today is way more fragmented than the Pharisees and Sadducees were. That, that is the biggest thing that is a lie today. I keep thinking, would I, if, if, I, were, if I were Jesus, would I want a bride that is this fragmented? Of course not. I mean, the bride, and I'm talking about people that know Jesus Christ as Savior, that believe He is the Messiah, that have received Him into their heart. And yet, in many cases, at best, they don't like each other. 
In many cases, they hate each other. They speak ill of each other. All based on doctrine that they claim is their own. Here's the problem with that. There is one truth. There is one truth and there is one God. And there is one truth in that God's mouth. So somebody's getting it wrong. Somebody is. Perhaps everyone is to a certain extent. Because what has led to the fragmenting of his church has brought us to a point of a line in the sand because it's time. How would we react? How would the church at large react if Jesus came now? Well, I submit that it would be worse or at best the same. My proof in that is because his spirit did come. His spirit has tried to infiltrate the church for 2,000 years. And there were points where he did. And points where he was put back in his box. This box that we want to place him in. In Acts chapter 2, verse 17, you all are familiar with this. This is Pentecost. This is when the Holy Spirit fell. This was not the giving of the Holy Spirit in salvation. Different. It's different. Because when Jesus, if you don't believe me, go to John chapter 20. When, when Jesus rose from the dead and he saw his disciples, he blew on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. That was when he was with them. He had died. He had rose again. He had already paid the payment for death. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they received it. That was the guarantee. That was the Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 guarantee stamp on their spirit that they were gods. But yet after his ascension, in fact, 10 days after his ascension, They find the disciples plus others, 120 in all, find themselves in this upper room and waiting. And we know what happened. I'm not going to go through what happened. The the Spirit fell on them in a greater measure than what was blown by Jesus into their spirit. And crazy things happened. And I'm not here to debate that either. I am here to give you Peter's words. He stood up and he began to preach. And clearly you see from the wording here, this was a different Peter. This was not the Peter that wielded his sword and cut off the ear of one of the the soldiers. Or Peter who put his foot in his mouth about, about building, you know, tents or memorials for, for Moses or Elijah. He was really good at putting his foot in his mouth. This was a different Peter. This was a Peter that stood with something that he did not have before. 
And it was not something that Jesus blew into him. It was something that was given to him in the falling of the Holy Spirit simply because he was obedient to Jesus Christ. When Jesus said, go and wait, wait for I send this. When I go back, my father sends a comforter. Just wait. Peter was obedient and it fell on him and this stood a different man. Verse 17, he begins to explain what's going on. He said, in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. See, he wasn't quoting his own words. He was quoting the book of Joel. And he was saying, this is what was prophesied to come, and it has come. And we see in history, times where we received that as his church, and times where we rejected it as his church. But the last days include the days up until he comes. It says until the day of the Lord. And yet so many believe that the Holy Spirit does not speak like that any longer to men, to women. He goes on to explain to the people that they had hung the very Messiah on the cross that they were waiting for. He explains about the death of Jesus and how death could not hold Him. Go down to verse 31. He foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of the Christ. He was not abandoned to Hades. Nor did his flesh see corruption. And this was coming from, from the Psalms. This Jesus God raised up. And of that we are all witnesses. Being therefore exalted at the right hand of God. And having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. He has poured out this. That you yourselves are seeing and hearing. See, the Holy Spirit had a job. This job was not simply to place his stamp on your heart, guaranteeing your eternity. As it says in Ephesians 1, 13 and 14, that wasn't his only job. It wasn't his only job 
to teach Scripture. To peel back layers as we talked often when, when we pray, Holy Spirit, Lord, as I tear into your book, reveal to me your truth. That's not his only job either. His only job is not to just be a comforter. Where we're feeling down or we're feeling sick or we're feeling this or we're feeling that. And he's working with our feelings. I submit to you the Holy Spirit is a facilitator. He is a vehicle. He is a movement of that relationship that has been opened up between you and the Father. The very thing that was always intended with creation, but taken away the moment that Adam sinned. See, I grew up in a church or a structure that placed so many limits on the Holy Spirit. So many limits that you see in the Word of God, but are said, well, that's not for today. That was all taken care of. That was done because, because when the perfect comes, in 2 Corinthians 13, when the perfect comes, then, then none of this will be necessary. And, and the perfect came in right about A.D. 300 when, when we got the entire Bible. That was the perfect. I'm sorry, a third grader, a third grader could read chapter 13 of 2 Corinthians and realize that it's talking about Jesus. It's not talking about the 66 books that we have. If everything that was contained of who Jesus is, of who the Father is, of who the Holy Spirit is, if everything was contained in these 66 books, then it makes John a liar. Because John said, if all, everything was written about Jesus that could be written, the world could not contain those books. So what you're telling me, is you believe that we can't know this until we're with him. See, there's a little problem with that that the writer of Hebrews points out. And that is that it requires faith to please God. You cannot please him without faith. He desires you to walk in faith. And yet, you choose to walk in your own condemnation and the condemnation of others. The Holy Spirit is available to anybody who knows Jesus as Savior. Relationship with them, all three. And, and that's hard to explain. It's kind of like explaining the Trinity. It's hard to explain. The uh, best way I could describe it is its relationship with the Father as, as done because it's through the Son, but facilitated by the Holy Spirit. See, this is available to all of us if we know Him. 
But it's only by faith that you can make that step. It's only by faith that you can even begin to have relationship with the Lord. If you do not believe that God can talk to you, if you don't believe that the Holy Spirit can work in your life, that that he was just limited to this time of the apostles, you have literally closed yourself off to truth, and there is limited relationship. I'm not saying there's no relationship, because you can have a relationship with words. You can have a relationship, an intellectual relationship with do's and don'ts. I can go into a country and recognize its laws and have a relationship with, within that country because I obey its laws. Doesn't mean I understand it. Doesn't even mean I believe it. Relationship is something very different. Relationship is intimate. Relationship is something that will always expound love. Because that's the very antithesis of who Satan is. Satan doesn't understand love. Oh, but he understands the pharisaical spirit. He understands the religious spirit. Why? Because it's one of his. This is available to all of us. In verse 38, he said, Repent, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That gift is not just the seal, as I said before. That gift is a day-to-day, moment-by-moment love affair with the Creator. Not with the Creator and your church. Not with the Creator and your denomination. Oh, my goodness. Like I said before, he hates the separations. You want to hear a prophecy? I'll tell you a prophecy right now. Something he's told me. He is going to dismantle every one of them. Every single one of them. Because those separations are not God-made. Those separations are man-made. And he will destroy them. So if you are hanging on the fact that you are this or you are that or in pride, I am, I am this and that. And I won't, I won't even say it. I used to walk in that same pride. Believe me, it is on a path to destruction. Every one of them. And it will not be long. It will not be long at all because in his waiting, He is done tearing. He has already put in motion what he is doing. Whether you believe it or not. The two weeks ago tomorrow, a process started that you will see in this process, in this Time, this 10 day period, 
He wants you to turn to him. He will prove it out. Come against me all you want. Doesn't matter. He will prove it out. I will ask you for your sake to just keep quiet. Because when you speak and you use his words, if you're wrong, you're held accountable for those words. Just like I am, just like you accuse me of, I received that 100%. They are not my words. When I say I'm not accountable for that, what I mean is I am not accountable for what he is saying but I am accountable for what I say. Yes, when I say the Lord says, I am held accountable for that, and I have no problem with that. I have no problem going Old Testament on that. I have no problem. Simply because it's not out of my desire. It never was. It's out of my obedience. And on that vein, I have another word for you this morning. As I have said, the Lord's heart is in waiting. Before I share that word, though, I want to share two other things that I I saw in my journal that uh, Alex had sent me one. I, it, she had posted on her, her board, in fact. Um, and then uh, the other one I think Bryn sent to me, reminding me of it. But this is just to show you, to give you some proof of what he has been doing. This word that he gave, that the Father spoke, August 13th of last year. August 13th of last year. Take courage, church. The battle is not over. I, the Lord, am sending a tidal wave of destruction upon the bride. I will destroy your temples. I will bring low your synagogues. I will scatter your shepherds and bring terror upon the people. Because the time for Israel to be jealous is coming. Romans 11.11 Yet how can she be jealous of a prostitute? What could she possibly desire from an unfaithful wife? Talking about the bride. Then he said, turn to me and I will heal your land. Turn to me and I will save your babes. Come to me and Israel will know that I have loved you. See, the Father's heart is for us to not set our own parameters of our existence with Him. Set our own parameters of relationship with Him. He wants to set the parameters because we're His bride, no one else's. His son paid for that. Then the one that Alexis had posted a few weeks ago, I believe, 
And this was given, this was a word that was given September 30th of 2019 is where I found it in my journal. And I, I believe I posted it on, on Facebook somewhere around there as well. But this is what the Lord said. My realm is having major reconstruction. Areas in my court where the enemy has had little to no resistance, he will suddenly have unprecedented rivalry. A change has begun. A change that will sweep up the world in a wind of confusion. A bugle is sounding. A bugle is sounding from my bride. A war cry. Turmoil. 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 I will not rest until my bride has made a decision. Until sides are taken. I will not lift the weight of my hand until... This is finished. I will not cool the fire of my spirit until this is finished. Choose now. Choose now. Choose now. You say, why well, I'm confused. God's not the author of confusion, so he would never do anything to confuse me. He's not the author of confusion. But he may not be the one that is influencing you. But it may be the true author of confusion that is. Does it bring you closer to the Lord? This is what I struggle with. See, I came from the camp of the Pharisee. I came from the camp of believing that my way was better. Because I had all my doctrine that I could, I could explain and it all fits into this nice, neat little balance sheet. But that's not who the Lord is or was. And see, when he showed me how wrong I was, I repented of that and I said, I don't care what. I just want you, Lord. Whatever you take me through, whatever you do, I just want you. And in the process over the last six to seven years, he has done that. It amazes me how in one instance you'll want to be logical, and I'm speaking to the To those who would be like the Pharisees. In one instance. You want to speak so logical. And look at evidence. And lay this out here and there. Let me give you something. That I would love an explanation of. I keep hearing that we're. Following an evil spirit. That it's an evil spirit. That speaks to us. Explain to me how you would explain my life and the lives of those in ignition. Lives that are laid down for Jesus. Nine people that laid down their lives to go to a country they knew nothing about. To love a people that they had never met. Laying down everything 
guys, are you willing to do that? Those who reach out against us, are you willing to do that? They laid down everything. How about a church, this little small church that has had a prayer call every day for the last three and a half years. And this isn't something that lasts five or ten minutes. This is something that lasts for an hour every day. And six months ago, it wasn't enough to have just one. Now we have two every single day. I'm not saying this to tout who we are. I'm saying this, explain it to me. If we're listening to an evil spirit, explain it to me. Explain it to me that we have been received in miraculous ways in Nigeria. Where God has opened doors in Nigeria and here politically that that would boggle your mind. Explain that to me. Explain to me how every day of my life I spend consumed with loving the Lord. Jesus Christ. Not anybody else. Jesus Christ. Explain to me how all that... And and by the way, that's just such a drop in the bucket. Such a drop in the bucket. I, I, I could, I'm not going to list names because I didn't ask their permission, but, but I could list you name after name after name after name of people within ignition that have found this relationship with the Lord and He means to them the same thing I'm explaining that He means to me. Explain it to me. If you're so high and mighty on your understanding of who God is, explain it to me. See, you have a problem. Because if you say it's an evil spirit, then you make God a liar. Because Jesus himself said, Satan would not do that against his own army. For an army divided will be defeated. Satan wouldn't do it. So let me put it back on you. And I'm not just talking about the ones who have said something against it. That doesn't even matter. I'm talking about those who will. Those who have already said it in their hearts. What if we're right? What if this is the Lord? First of all, what would it look like? Well, Paul said it would look like the fruit of the Spirit. It would look like love. Okay. What if we are listening to God? See, he told me not to defend myself, and I'm not going to. He said he'll vindicate, and he will. I am saying this for one simple reason. Because we love you. Because we want you to see truth. We're not saying it from a platform that's going to force. God never does that. But see, the days of just skating by and Satan having this capability of deception 
those days are over. That's what that first word talked about, that, that in the courts you will have a rivalry talking about Satan, that he will have a rivalry that he's never had before. And see, that did happen. That has happened. The excuses will not be accepted like they were before. For God's process has already started. Where will you find yourself? On which side of the line when he draws that line? Will you choose him? And this isn't about salvation, guys. This is about relationship. Will you choose him? See, I know many that have reached out against us have a heart for God. I know that. I count on that. I'm thankful for that. Because, see, when you seek him, you'll find him. But he said, how much better is it to believe without seeing than to believe once you've seen? I urge you. You don't have to tell anybody because I get it. But just between you and the Lord, just say, Lord, show me truth. Show me truth. Show me what this relationship means. Give him your yes, but recognize you'll be tested in that immediately. Because he wants people that will walk by faith. And he is going to come hard against the spirit of the Pharisee. I'm going to read this word. This is what the Lord says. And this word was given just a few days ago. The spirit of the Pharisee is rising. The spirit of the religious is rising. There is a spirit of religion and Pharisee rising in direct opposition of God's manifest promises he has made to his people, the ready bride. Watch out. My holy hand will come like a flood. Watch out those of you who labor in vain, for my name's sake, vindication is coming. I alone bring the sun and moon into orbit among the stars. I alone measure the waters of the earth and command their recession into the deep. I alone bring low the proud and haughty and raise the humble and righteous. Watch out, you princes of power. Let us hope you are not crushed in the coming tidal wave. A spirit rises, the very spirit of the Lord, to humble the proud, to display the power of the Father, to bring inheritance to the meek. Come, O holy nation, come, my priests and kings, 
Stand firm against this lying spirit. That proud spirit of the Pharisee, for their words are nothing to me. I am deaf to them. For as they have denied me, I will deny them before my Father. Come, holy nation, stand firm, stand firm, stand firm. I will post that later today, so you will have it. This is a moment of choice for many of you. Those who are listening to me, this is a moment of choice for you. Not to believe Greg. But to press in to the Lord. To make sure the voices you're listening to are the right ones. Not the ones that make you feel comfortable. (laughs) Wow. If I judged the Lord's voice on my comfort level, I never would have heard his voice in the first place. Because there's nothing comfortable about building a relationship. Right? Relationships that do not have time put into them, do not have the right foundation, do not have the right input, guess what? They fail. Relationships fail. It's no different with Jesus. It's no different. When we don't put the right things into our relationship with him, when we don't actually apply his word, it it astounds me. We believe that his word is living and breathing, and yet we can't believe that it could come in a living and a breathing person. It is truly the blind that lead the blind. But you have a choice. You don't have to be blind. Because God will do what he says. He will vindicate. But his heart is that you would believe. And lastly, I want to speak to those who are part of the remnant all over the world. He's bringing us together. You have felt alone for a long time. You have felt sequestered for a long time. But you are his beautiful bride. You are the ready bride that he will then take and he will refine. He will purify his gold. Rest assured, he is bringing the remnant together. Don't worry. Don't feel alone. I I know, and for those of you listening that message me and send me emails, I, I just can't, I can't get to them all at all. I am not the answer to you being connected. 
Jesus is. He's my boss, just like he's yours. He'll speak to you just like he does to me. He'll meet your needs. I see all the, all the, the crying out that pours out from India, from Kenya. Those two stand out the, the most to me. He is there with you. Believe. I know that this time of difficulty and this time of testing is tough. Tougher than what life normally is, which is tough. But remember his promises. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He won't. He will be there when you have no food on the table. Put out the dishes. Pray. And be expectant. He promises to those who overcome some of the manna. He'll give it. He'll meet your needs. And rest assured, he is bringing us together all over the world. Alexis, come on up. Um, When you hear a lot about judgment and God's hand of justice coming, maybe this is even a question of those of you here, um, you might think, where's the hope in that? Where's the... Where's the positive message in some of that? And I know that that is uh, a question that comes up. But the Lord was just showing me as Greg was delivering that word. I remember a movie that I watched years ago. And I don't remember the name of it. But it was about a high school that had really become run down and overrun with rebellious kids to the point where there were gangs, there was um, drug dealing, the teachers even got involved and became corrupt. And um, it was just, it it got to where there was so much um, evil ruling that the kids that, uh, the kids that weren't directly involved in the crime taking place in the school were either complacent of kind of hey if it's not if it's not directly harming me then I'm just going to chill and just ignore it to the other group that was directly oppressed because the bullying if you can imagine in a in a crime ridden school that that would be run down it would be pretty intense the the bullying and circumstances came about combination of law enforcement and the people that were there they needed a new principal. They knew they got pretty desperate. It got pretty desperate. And so they brought in a, a new principal. And this guy had a good heart. He had a desire to see that the students get what they need. And when he saw the state of the school and he saw what he was going to deal with, he couldn't just come in and introduce new programs and great teachers and fix everything. He knew that his first task was to hold accountable the evils that were taking place in that school and get rid of it. That was the first step for the hope of the good 
and the hope of caring teachers and the hope of a curriculum that would change lives for those that wanted to learn and those that were on board with why the school even existed for their hope to even come about he had to get rid of the evil and that's kind of a picture of what the lord is doing with his church it has run amok and if you spend any time in the old testament i've been in ezekiel and in um obadiah jonah so many jeremiah isaiah it's judgment 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 but one of the verses that continues to go through my mind over and over is galatians 6 7 and 8 we cannot be deceived because our holy god will not be mocked for whatever a man sows that will he also reap and if he reaps unto the flesh he will reap corruption if he reaps if he sows excuse me sows unto his flesh he'll reap corruption if he sows in the spirit though he'll reap life everlasting god's holy justice has to be a justice that holds people accountable and it does it is the manifestation of what people sow and had there never been any evil sown there would never be a need for the justice but the hope the hope for the people that love the lord the hope for the people that want god's ways above anything else tradition above anything else that hope has got to come with the holy hand of justice because the there's been so much perversion in the church god is saying no more and it's literally become an impediment and a barrier and a hindrance to god's people um and and so don't think of a hard word as something that is negative think of it as the opportunity to remove the bad so that we can enjoy the good there is a revival that is coming there is a revival a wave a tidal wave of the holy spirit of god that's about to be released on this earth he is making way like the principal did in that movie of the school he is making a way ridding of the evil bringing out a clear choice gangs guys that are corrupt teachers that are deciding to be corrupt choose you this day whom you will serve you're either going to serve righteousness a holy god or you're going to serve your own pleasures your own lust of your flesh that line is now and it is preparing the way for an amazing wave of the holy spirit a great awakening he doesn't shake for no reason and if we are going to reap what we sow then it's going to show it's going to show and so god's doing a great work so i find um the justice and the judgment of god to be hopeful i grew up in a uh, strong family with a, a strong military father whom i knew loved me but i also feared him that if i did wrong i would be punished and that's a good thing that's a that's a great thing that's not something that as parents greg and i as parents our daughters know we love them but they also fear us they knew there were consequences for the choices that they made that's what um the righteousness in a family environment should should produce the fear of the lord is not being afraid of god 
but it is recognizing his holiness. And um, so it's, a, it's an awesome thing. And, and God is about to do great wonders among us. Because Jeremiah 33, 3 promises, if we call unto him, he will, do, he will answer us and do great and mighty things that we don't even understand. So he is doing great things. Father God, I just, just want to praise you and thank you. Thank you, God, that you are bringing your righteousness. You are bringing your holiness. But God, it is coming with a hard choice. It is coming with the same choice I had to experience as a child. When getting into trouble, my parents said, no more, no more. You will not behave that way or there will be serious consequences. And oftentimes when I went further and disobeyed that, the consequences came. But it was good. It taught me righteousness. And I thank you that that they did it in their love for me. And God, you love. You so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. That whoever chooses to believe in you will not perish, but have everlasting life. God, I pray that hearts would just receive the word that you've given and that the soil of their hearts would just be softened to receive what you want to plant within each of us. That we would only water it with your Holy Spirit, with your truth, with your precious word and allow it to grow and bring out the fruit that you promise by your Holy Spirit. God, we praise you. We love you. I thank you, God, for um, what you are doing, God. Unprecedented times are right among us. What is about to happen? What is about to take place, God? Let us wake up. Let us not get entangled with the things of this life, but recognize why we were created for your glory, to worship you. What else is there? We love you and praise you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.